closed in on its target. Someone shouted. Kiona sighed, the sound fluttering like a breeze through his mind. What do you want me to do? Which way is out? he asked. More silence. More shouts. That way, she said. He knew which way she meant, though he couldn't see her. An Ayami had presence and substance, but no form an idea impossible to explain to anyone who wasn't a shaman, and as easy for a shaman to understand as the concept of water or sky. Turning left, he ran. Branches whipped his face and bare chest and arms, raising welts like the marks of a flagellant. And equally self-inflicted, he thought. Part of him wanted to stop, give up, accept. But he couldn't. He wasn't ready to surrender his life yet, Simple human pleasures still held too much allure. English muffins with butter and strawberry jam at the Talbot Café. The second-story balcony, farthest table on the left. The sun on his forearms, tattered mystery novel in one hand, coffee mug in the other. People yelling, laughing on the busy street below. Silly things, Kiona would sniff. She was jealous, of course, as she was of anything she couldn't share anything that kept him bound to his body. He did want to join her, but not yet. Not just yet. So he ran. Stop running, Kiona said. He ignored her. Slow down, she said. Pace yourself. He ignored her. She withdrew, her anger a flash fire in his brain, bright and hot, then smoldering, waiting to flare again. He'd stopped hearing the hound, but only because his blood pounded too loudly. His lungs blazed. Each breath scorched through him like swallowing fire. He ignored it. That was easy. He ignored most of his body's commands, from hunger to sex to pain. His body was only a vehicle, a medium for transmitting things like strawberry jam, laughter, and sunlight to his soul. Now, after a lifetime of ignoring his body, he asked it to save him, and it didn't know how. From behind him came the bay of the hound. Was it louder now? Closer? Climb a tree, Kiona said. It's not the dog I'm afraid of. It's the men. Slow down, then. Turn. Confuse them. You're making a straight trail. Slow down. He couldn't. The end of the forest was near. It had to be. His only chance was to get there before the dog did. Ignoring the pain, he summoned every remaining vestige of strength and shot forward. Slow down, Kiona shouted. Watch! His left foot hit a small rise, but he adjusted, throwing his right foot out for balance. Yet his right foot came down on empty air. As he pitched forward, he saw the stream bed below, at the bottom of a small gully eroded by decades of water flow. He flipped over the edge of it, convulsed in midair, trying to think of how to land without injury. But again, he didn't know how. As he hit the gravel below, he heard the hound. Heard its song of triumph so loud his eardrums threatened to split. Twisting to get up, he saw three canine heads come over the gully edge, one hound, two massive guard dogs. The hound lifted its head and bayed. The other two paused only a second, then leaped.
Get out, Kiona screamed. Get out now! No, he wasn't ready to leave. He resisted the urge to throw his soul free of his body, clenching himself into a ball as if that would keep it in. He saw the undersides of the dogs as they flew off the cliff. One landed atop him, knocking out his last bit of breath. Teeth dug into his forearm. He felt a tremendous wrenching. Then he soared upward. Kiona was dragging him from his body, away from the pain of dying. Don't look back, she said. Of course he did. He had to know. As he looked down, he saw the dogs. The hound was still at the top of the gully, howling and waiting for the men. The two other dogs didn't wait. They tore his body apart in a shower of blood and flesh. No, he moaned.